the stream on my phone because my computer is dumb. So, also, yeah, hey buddy, remember I'm on television now, so let's uh, keep it quiet, okay? Thank you. Uh, let's see here, let's get the audience moved. see me but do they hear me that's the question right do they actually like hear me hearing is good right sounds good cool first time I ever streamed my phone so it's kind of like a new thing I'm talking to people <laughs> my son's in, in my office right now he's, he's working on his uh, math homework so yeah awesome yeah I mean uh, Basically, I had a problem with my stream software, tried to re-interface it um, with my Gmail account because it lost its authorization token. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, that sucks. Um, and then I did it, I got it working. Like, okay, we're gonna stream now. And then it's like, nope, because you took so long trying to set up the stream with us we're going to rate ban you for a day. So I can't even stream on my computer for like a whole day, which is an absolute, um, well, it's a shit show. So yeah. Um, so yeah, um, but with that being said, I am gonna move forward to the proper chat on that one. Go into the live studio and try to find a specific stream let's see here which apparently it can't find because apparently Google's just having a bad day today apparently maybe I don't know let's see duplicate stream key yeah switch to this good switch me to that thank you all right there we go and hopefully I can like actually get this deal going this is like the first time I've ever streamed on my phone, so it's kind of a, it's kind of like a new thing for me, so, and uh, yeah, although I'm not sure I'm in the right place. Well, apparently not. Apparently I'm not in the right place because I can't even get to this in the YouTube backend, which is just completely ridiculous to me. I don't even know, I don't even know how this is going to work. So, for some reason, it still thinks like this is like the old so long and thanks for all the fish discord blowing up episode, at least in terms of the computer, but whatever. I don't care. I don't care anymore. I have decided to care less. So, we can just, you know, have our show right here and uh, not care. Because why would we do anything different? So, awesome. I can't see anybody if anyone's saying anything, or maybe I can, so let's hope for the best. There we go. Awesome. Yep, I'm on a different link. Sorry, guys. Kind of got forced against my will for that, so. 
Wish I could get Vscope live to work with this, but as you can tell, it's like very green in here, so, but hey, why not? You take a look at my interesting studio setup in my office here. Got my paintings, my paintings, and then I got my uh, other painting and stuff. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. So anywho, um, welcome to Confessions of an ENTP. Let me know if you guys can hear me. Uh, I just trying to make sure it's uh, pretty easy to hear me. I mean, if I like it doing this way, I might just stream off my phone for forever. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. All right, cool. Thank you, Deepa. So awesome. Uh, this this episode's been a long time in coming. Uh, so yeah, but uh, before I actually get right into the content, just remind you guys, don't forget to sign up for the giveaway, csjoseph.life forward slash giveaway. We do giveaways every month. Sometimes it's cash. Sometimes it's coaching sessions. Uh, sometimes it's me uh, hanging out with you on a live stream and... Uh, typing you live with the uh, discover test at csjoseph.life forward slash discover if that's a thing. And uh, you might want to check that out. So yeah, sign up for the giveaway. If you're a member, you're automatically entered in the giveaway, so don't worry about that. Members at csjoseph.life forward slash members to become a member. Otherwise, uh, to enter, just go to csjoseph.life forward slash giveaway to get in. And we have a special giveaway. Uh, we're doing three rounds of a giveaway right now. And uh, that giveaway is uh, the new wizard product, which is csjoseph.life forward slash wizard. Uh, I hope it's live and I hope it works. But basically, uh, you pay a small fee for a coaching session or a coaching question, and I will answer your question with a video response. That way, for those of you that can't afford the full uh, you know, hour-long, half-hour-long sessions, etc., uh, but then also wanted a little bit more than just the membership, we have that option. And you could do like a private video or a public video. So if you choose the public response, it's less expensive, but I'll respond to your question publicly on YouTube, etc. But I have a choice as to whether or not I'm going to do that. Uh, and then uh, if you do private, then it's just me and you, and I'll send you a private video that only you can view. So that's just a thing new thing and uh, we're going to be giving away uh, three of those so make sure you guys get in on that sign up for the giveaway i'll be contacting you i might text you randomly i might call you randomly who knows uh but just to let you guys know that you like one stuff and then we could go do this and uh, you can get to now this giveaway is public responses so that means if you win and we do the question i will put the response to your question on youtube just so you know Public responses go on YouTube. Private responses uh, go on um, uh, go on uh, like just some hosting platform, etc. So yeah, and no, uh, you do not have the right to publish if private. No, you do not. Uh, you have to have written permission for that. So, uh, but uh, we can uh, we could definitely talk about that on the side. There's no issue right that. And now I am correcting my son's math homework for sure. Okay, nope, that's wrong. 
okay, that's good, that's, okay, that's good, um, okay, that's wrong, okay, let's see here, yeah, um, okay, uh, that's wrong, but close, that's wrong, how is that, no, okay, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, no, yes, 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 nope, four times four is not 80 at all, two times five is not 50, and uh, three sevens is not 29, and two nines is not four, um, that's wrong, that's correct, that's wrong, okay, and that's wrong too. All right, so there you go, go ahead and correct it. Awesome, here you go, quick maths. Yeah, so I get some maths done real quick. All right, so yeah, just, guys, just sign up for the giveaway, you get free stuff. I mean, like, who wouldn't want that, you know? Like, seriously, who wouldn't want that? Uh, yeah. All right, so yeah, just giveaways, please. You know, I also like this month, we're giving away uh, a full-on coaching session, $1,000 value too. So like, if you guys are gonna do the giveaway, like this is literally the month to do it. Like do it, seriously. So get in on that, it'll be awesome. And uh, we'll check that out. So on to like the actual content of what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, so yeah, um, you know, this is, you know, in standard, uh, you know, fair when it comes to uh, confessions of an ENTP, right? So, and yeah, my camera's shaking, but I don't have my, uh, maybe I do have my tripod. Maybe I do. I actually got organized recently. I know you're completely shocked, but I might actually have my tripod in here. Ooh, actually, no, 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 I have a different tripod. I have a tripod literally in my wallet. <sighs> It's cool, it just, I literally just got this, and now I actually get to use it for like the first time. I'm really excited about this. It's pretty, pretty dope. I like, I bought this, um, shoot, I bought this like randomly off of a Facebook ad. So yeah, those actually work by the way, and they work on CSJ. So uh, yeah, let me, uh, let me fix this real quick. All right, here, hold on, let me set this. Set this somewhere meaningful right now, so I can like actually figure this out. So, and my daughter is in the background watching her favorite show. Um, I am now an expert in Elena of Avalar, just so you guys know. So, I'm very, I'm, I'm a very expert at that. So yeah, check out my awesome tripod. So, and let's just get that down in here. Orientation is locked. Interesting to know. Okay. So, nope. And uh, let's see. And okay. Let's see how this works. Well, tried to do it for the uh, the spanning way, but it didn't work. So I don't care. I'm just gonna force it to work against its will. 
and basically not care. So, and I have also convenient box of envelopes to set this on top. Yes, it is a fantastic ceiling. I don't, I don't care otherwise. All right. So now I got my little tripod and I'm still alive. Awesome. Yeah. Cannot relate to this lack of perfectionism when on a live stream. Eh, I've had a rough day. Like, I don't know, distance learning is hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's rough. So get over it. I got I got little ones I gotta take care of, you know? So where have I disappeared? I, I disappear all over the place. I disappear all over the place. Doing my uh my speaking engagement tour next year. It's gonna be starting on June first. Gonna be in um gonna be in the Sacramento area for that in June. Gonna be going into the Bay Area. Gonna take a week off. Then I'm gonna head down to Los Angeles, and then I'll be in Phoenix after that. And then after Phoenix, I think I'm going to Dallas. And then after that, I'll be going to Alabama. And then I'll be in Florida, where I'll be going to Tampa Bay for a bit. And then I'll be in Miami for a little bit. And then after that, I'll be going to North Carolina, specifically Raleigh. And then I'll be going, gosh, what's after North Carolina? I think I'll be going to New York after North Carolina. No, I have to go to Baltimore first and then New York. And then after New York, I'll be going to Cleveland. And then I will be going to Chicago. And then after that, I might be going to Omaha. And then after that, uh, Boise, and then Seattle. So yeah. Uh, what is the topic in my speeches? Uh, it's actually going to be like multiple topics because I'm filming each one as like individual series things. So it's actually going to be multiple topics and it's not going to be the same every single time. So. But yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be all over the place, which is going to be cool. Uh, it's going to be cool to be able to meet everybody. I'll be like randomly going in through town and then I'll just fire up my CRM system and do a report on, okay, show me every person in the CSJ community that's in this town. And then I'll just send a uh, text message to everybody like, hey, I'm at this location. If you guys want to come out for dinner, you know, and we'll go have dinner or something, or we'll go hang out. So yeah, it'll be fun. Just uh, going all over the place and uh, gonna be uh, traveling. Starts June, June of next year. I'm hoping to do um, do something with Dario Nardi. I still have to talk to him about the details about that, but Dario Nardi basically represents the Los Angeles aspect of the trip. So uh, what about Canada? I mean, I, I wouldn't mind going to Canada. I love Canada. I love Alberta. I love Vancouver, BC. I, I love British Columbia, hardcore. Huge British Columbia fan. Like I, I could live at Whistler forever. I love Whistler. Even in the summertime, I love Whistler. Uh, but yeah, I love British Columbia. It's just, I've always thought I might retire there one day or something, but it's just so beautiful living in the wilderness out there. But 
Anyway, uh, I, I would love to go to Canada, but the problem is is that, you know, COVID not allowing people to go across borders anymore. So, so yeah. Uh, don't you think it's a better idea to travel during the summer? Well, June is technically the beginning of the summer, so what do you want me to do, you know? And, uh, like, or, or is that missed, Tanya? Did you miss that? Uh, I mean, I don't get it, so... So yeah, I got my tour next year. It's gonna be fun. Gonna be talking to a lot of people, seeing a lot of people, having a lot of people, uh, a lot of fun. May even do some of the giveaways in person. It'll be great. Uh, but yeah, they start June. So keep at it, son. You're doing a good job. He, uh, yeah? Yeah, well, I know, I mean, oh yeah, yeah, you wanna go to, you wanna go to Washington, you wanna go to Seattle, huh? Okay. Okay, you wanna visit your grandmother? Okay, yeah, we can do that. Sure. And yeah, he, he learned how to build a solar oven today. Uh, so yeah, he, uh, he learned how to build a silver oven. What'd you make your solar oven out of? Okay, you wanna you want come show it to everybody? You can. Here, here, I will show it to them for you, okay? Yeah. Oh no, it broke. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need me to fix it? I'll fix it for you. Okay. He had this uh, invention. Um, he had this invention project for school this week. Careful. Don't let that light fall. Okay. okay, okay careful. You're good. You're good. Okay, cool. All right. So this is his prototype. All right. This is his, uh, his prototype. Okay. So we're not done with it yet, but okay. So we have this uh, little skewer thing. And then we're gonna put uh, like skewers, stick them into the sides here. So it's gonna be like a leg. Then we're gonna cut um, a nice rectangular portion swath right out of the top. Then we're gonna take um, one of those really clear, um, not one of those flower water bottles, but uh, maybe like a, not an Aquafina cause it's got that blue hue, but some type of uh, one liter bottle that is transparent. And then we're gonna like tape it to this thing. And then we're gonna take the cap off and then put uh, this, um, this skewer, put a hot dog on it and put it in. And we're just going to leave it out in the sun. It's going to cook this hot dog. See what I'm saying? You know? But we had to prototype this for his teacher. So we're like, okay, we're going to make a, a Lego scaffolding. Yeah. I know. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, but the audience loves it. They like it. Yeah. So but this is not the finished product yet. All right? So we're, we're going to do that, you know, I'm like, yeah, I guess that's what happens when you have an ENTP father with an INFJ son who's, like, precluded to, you know, being a hippie, so why not make a solar oven, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And, um, oh, gosh, my daughter's been up to a lot of cool stuff, too. But, yeah, like I said, you know, oh, my gosh, so... We had her doing phonics, you know, she's six, you know, this, this ENFP little girl of mine. And we had her doing phonics and she's doing so well at reading and she earned a lot of gold stars on phonics. So then I'm like, okay, well, those are a lot of nice gold stars, but, uh, you know, you, you got to trade that in for TV time. So she, she earned so many gold stars on phonics and did so well on it and just blazed through the application with her reading on it. She got so many gold stars that somehow she's been able to literally earn her ability to watch the entire first two seasons of Elena of Avalor. And I have to say, folks, 
I am an expert in that show now. I, because I, <laughs> it was going on all week because she, I must, uh, I, I think we need to negotiate a new exchange rate for that, for those stars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, that's good times. All right. So, uh, uh, enough. Uh, yeah, Michael, what about what's super important to me? I'm the one put on the freaking show, bro. Come on. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, with that being said, let's actually talk about the, uh, the content of why we're actually here 20 minutes in my goodness. So, um, I'm going to start with my Facebook post. Uh, it seems like anytime I make, uh, let me pull it up here. It seems like anytime I make a Facebook post, it's just like automatically controversial for whatever reason. Uh, so it's all good, Mike, bro. Just like add me on Facebook, man. Like seriously, add me on Facebook and, uh, you know, and, uh, like here it is. Here's my Facebook, you know, that's my Facebook. So it's pretty, it's pretty simple. Add me on Facebook, send me a message or something. I'm not uh, not against that. No, Hunger Cat, you literally got here because you know how it is. CSJ is the most latest person ever, and we haven't actually technically started, so yeah. Oh, it's not the post, it's me. Uh, of course, Ben, of course. Of course, it's, of course it's me. So, uh, now... Um, so I'm going to read you this post that I did. It's pretty uh, uh, pretty interesting. Oh, there's the friend request. It's good times. Uh, so yeah. Quote, um, yeah, Tanya, just seriously, make a Facebook account. Like seriously, it's not a bad thing. Uh, now, I don't think Facebook is everyone, but at least just do it just for the CSJ public group. At least do that, you know, because it's active AF. And like it's so much more valuable than any other MBTI related uh, Facebook group in the world. So all of the posts for the most part are very meaningful. It's well moderated. Uh, Booga does a very kick-ass job and uh, it's it's been great, you know? Um, also, I've blocked like a lot of people on uh, Facebook and on Instagram and things. I just, just, I just decided to just start unblocking a bunch of people. Having recent epiphanies uh, in my life, I just decided that I'm just going to unblock a bunch of people and give them a second chance per se, and then just kind of, you know, see how it goes. So if you are blocked and would like to be unblocked, um, open a ticket. Uh, CSJ.Live, click the support button, open a ticket, give the account, whatever, and I can make the arrangements. Uh, I'm in the mood to uh, build bridges and not burn bridges, even with people who have had problems with me in the past. So if you're watching this, um, or if you know someone who was blocked, let them know I'm in the mood for amnesty these days. So, so yeah, that would be great. So I'm going to uh, read uh, this post that I put up just a couple of days ago. Quote, sometimes we must become the pariah of our family, church, community, and ultimately society in order to live free. I have sacrificed my personal freedom many times in my life for little or nothing, either because I was sold a false bill of goods or I was deceived. Regardless, a child cannot tell the difference, nor do they understand the concept of self-respect. 
Love your neighbors yourself implies self-respect and a reasonable selfishness and responsible selfishness that must be attained so that one is worthy uh, to love their neighbor. One cannot love their neighbor nor attain the absolute good unless they take responsibility in this manner. Therefore, if you cannot take care of yourself and continue to improve in how you do so, then you are in fact a bad person, which that's just reality. You're a bad person because you have to be applying continuous improvement to how you take care of yourself. And if you're not doing this, taking care of yourself is not good enough. You have to continuously improve. Kaizen, right? Kanban, right? You have to be able to do continuous improvement on taking care of yourself. If you don't do this, you're a bad person. Like that's just reality. You're a bad person. Don't be bad and instead actually focus on investing in yourself. Could someone just like teleport in David Goggins or something? That would be nice because like he'd tell you. But don't be a bad person. If you can take care of yourself and are continuously improving in this area but do not love your neighbor anyway, then you too are also a bad person. You are a good person if you do the opposite of these things. So that's kind of like, it's kind of like a, an important thing. Uh, so the problem is that society won't often give you the freedom to do these things, uh, which means that in order to do, be the absolute good, you must be willing to go rogue and be the pariah, not just for their sake, but the sake of everyone's freedom in future. So that's a thing. That's a thing. All right, apparently stay hard is hilarious or something. I, I don't even know what happened and I missed it. So yeah. So the point is, is that all you affiliate folk, you know, think you're trying to do the right thing, right? You know, whereas the pragmatic is trying to find the, you know, the best way of doing something, right? Well, doing the right thing is pretty subjective. It's really subjective. For example, you can look at a very good uh, pariah in the past. His name was Martin Luther, and he caused a great schism within the Catholic Church, which then led to the creation of, um, you know, Protestantism. And a lot of people in the Catholic Church in those days, especially those among the Inquisition, uh, thought of Martin Luther as an evil man, right? He's not doing the right thing because the affiliative in those days supported the power of the Catholic Church. But nowadays, you talk to a Protestant and they'd completely disagree with that. No, he was a great man. So you have to understand that doing the right thing, being affiliative, being interdependent is really subjective. It's really subjective. So all you people out there with your, you know, affiliative points of view, where you start accusing pariahs, you start accusing ENTPs like myself for being this person who is, um, oh, you're not doing the right thing. You're an evil person. In fact, actually a family member last night told me that uh, I was a fraud. She also told me I was an asshole at the same time. And I'm like, okay, yeah, well, so does everybody. Everyone tells me that. I may even actually be read, reading you that conversation I had with this family member last night. Um, it's good times. Uh, but uh, the point is, is that, you know, doing the right thing is not actually doing the right thing. It's what you perceive is the right thing, okay? And usually the affiliative is dominated and defined by FE just as much as the objective is dominated and defined by the TE in terms of what people are collectively willing to accept. The problem is, is those two are false narratives. That's completely false. Because the reality of the situation is, is that objectivity is actually closer to FI and TI. Those are objective functions, whereas the extroverted judging functions are completely subjective. So your affiliative is 
subjective. It's completely subjective. And just because you think it's right doesn't give you the right to be entitled to having authority over me or other people, right? So let me give you an example. Let's talk about COVID-19. Let's talk about the vaccination, right? So the affiliative would say that everyone has to take the vaccine. The pragmatic says that I will take the vaccine if I want to. And y'all have to respect that, you see? And then everyone gets all up in arms about that point of view real quick. And this is going to create a culture of pariahs in the very near future. Very, very near future. And that's gonna be that's gonna be a problem. Who's gonna be able who's gonna be able to who's gonna be able to accept that? You know what I mean? Like no one can accept that. It's it's crap. It's it's bullshit, you know? So when people, when people, because if you, if you force people to do something against their will, you're literally just becoming an authoritarian ass, right? Which ends up creating more pariahs, you know? So let's, let's actually talk about some of those pariahs. Um, let's talk about how, uh, but first, uh, coaching sessions cost for members. That's 30% off for Acolyte members, 10% off for, um, well, it's 20% off for Acolyte, 10% off for Journeyman, but if you get Acolyte, you already are a journeyman, so they stack, so you get 30% off coaching if you are a member, basically. How you doing, son? Good? Awesome. Give you a thumbs up. You're right. The path to hell is paved with good intentions. So it's, uh, it's not that great, you know. Oh, what is Martin Luther's type? Good question. We're actually going to be discussing Martin Luther's type because Martin Luther is one of the people that we're going to be talking about the most. Because we're going to be talking about pariahs tonight. We're also going to be talking about which of the 16 types is most likely a uh, pariah. So, so let's talk about that. So which of the 16 types is most likely to be a pariah? What is pariah, though? Let's actually like, spend time defining what pariah actually means. So let's go to... Uh, let's go to define pariah, all right? All right, a social outcast, a member of a, okay, interesting. Apparently, that has something to do with uh, Hinduism. Let's go to dictionary.com. So an outcast, a social outcast, uh, any person or animal that is generally despised or avoided. Uh, so, yeah. That would, uh, that would suck. And no, I'm not talking about Martin Luther King. I'm talking about Martin Luther. Yes, Pariah has an Indian root. A member of a low caste in southern India and Burma. Agreed. So, basically, a Pariah is this social outcast or this person who is ultimately being exiled by society around them. But what of the 16 types is the most likely to be a Pariah? Which one? Well, obviously, we can assume they're pragmatic. They'd have to be pragmatic because they're very independent. Pragmatic people are independent. They don't always follow the rest of the people, the rest of the mold. They just don't. And so based on that, it's like, okay, well, they're obviously pragmatic. But which of the pragmatics is more likely to be, you know, the most pariah of them all? Which one's going to be the most independent of them all, right? Well, let's look at them each individually. So an ESTP, well, an ESTP is really concrete. And honestly, concrete people are more accepted than intuitive people. So basically, automatically, you know that abstract uh, pragmatics 
are more likely to be a pariah than any concrete ones. You can instantly eliminate the SPs right there for being the most pariah of the 16 types. So that's not going to happen. Done. Uh, so then you have ENTJ. Well, they're TE heroes, so they're more likely to succumb to groupthink and group input. So, and they're not really that much of an independent thinker, so can't be an ENTJ. You know, they can independently think, but compared to uh, the NTPs, nope. Same issue with the INTJ. There's much research that they do, and they base a lot of their decision-making based on surveys and information and data that they gather. It's still based on a principle at the end of the day, and they can still succumb to groupthink. And they're not exactly to verify everything and be as free-thinking as they possibly could. So it doesn't actually end up being an INTJ either. So this leaves the NTPs. But the INTP is such behind the scenes and also oftentimes a doormat and sometimes not willing to challenge uh, society for the sake of change and challenge society by living their own example as being a priority uh, compared to an ENTP. So by process elimination, the most pariah, the most rogue of all the 16 types is the ENTP. This is why we as the CHA community say the ENTP is the most rogue and they are thus forth the most pariah of all of the types, right? The ENTP black sheep. And no one is more black sheep than an ENTP. So, yeah, but the thing is, uh, Lyath or Iliath, Selkie, whatever your crazy name is, oh gosh. Uh, here's the situation. You could still be like an INTJ or an ISTP in a family where everyone else in the family is affiliative and you're the only pragmatic, so of course you're going to be treated like a pariah. That doesn't, that's just confirmation bias at that point. You see what I'm saying? Uh, yes, cost is contingent on duration, but they're usually about an hour long. Uh, so the ENTP is the most likely of all the types to end up becoming a social outcast and to be exiled, which is interesting because if you think about it, ENTPs are like, well, I'm extroverted, right? But no, 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 I'm actually introverted. And oftentimes people who are ENTPs believe they're introverts because they are these exiled social outcasts, these, uh, these pariahs basically, and it can be a huge problem for ENTPs. I mean, just look at David Goggins and his story. David Goggins is an ENTP. He was a pariah, right? He was, right? It's a thing, you know? So yeah, the thing is NFs, NFs don't even count because they're not pragmatic, dude. So just, just understand that. Now, if, now, that's not to say that an NF can't become a pariah, but usually they end up having followers that follow them. ENTP is not necessarily going to get a follower. I mean, another example of this from fiction is Tony Stark when he just kind of does whatever he wants and pisses everybody off. You know, that's just kind of how we roll. So, yes, David Goggins is an ENTP. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So, so yeah. That's the thing. Uh, and yeah, while I understand that NTJ is triple pragmatic, you still have the triple systematic coming from the NTP side. And NTPs are often far more abandoned and left in the ditch than NTJs are, especially since NTJs can care so much about my reputation. That reputation can get them in high places via social achievement. If they just achieve, they will be socially accepted. So NTJs are more likely to be socially accepted than NTPs. Which means out of all the types, NTPs are the least accepted. They are the least accepted. They are the least understood. They are the most misunderstood of all the types. Period. End of story.
That's just reality. So why? Well, let's, let's actually look at some uh, famous uh, ENTPs uh, throughout, um, uh, throughout history, shall we? So uh, Socrates is usually the first ENTP I like to talk about. And uh, he became such a challenge with his uh, TI parent that, uh, you know, with, all of him, with him telling the truth as much as he did, well, it kind of kind of fell apart, right? That definitely uh, definitely fell apart. Um, there's some other examples, like we could use some biblical examples, but I'm not really going to use that many biblical examples. I'm just kind of going like in chronological order here. So, yeah, NFs don't aren't really pariahs because eventually they end up cultivating followers in their own community behind them. So they they're not a pariah. They're just really not. Uh, so. So Socrates, he's an ENTP, and his apprentice, uh, Plato, is an INFJ, and Plato is just mirroring him, quite frankly. So the real genius is actually with Socrates the whole time. Uh, and then uh, after, um, well, you haven't cultivated them yet, uh, Leanne, I recommend doing so, and you just take effort. It just takes effort. That's it. You could have it done. Um, and then uh, probably my favorite ENTP in all of history, uh, John the Baptist, my favorite ENTP, for sure. A lot of people disagree with me about John the Baptist being an ENTP, but he absolutely is. Um, he makes statements about how he's definitely a starter type and form initiating movement. He's very abstract, talking about the future, what's going to happen, especially with him saying, hey, you know, the Son of God is around the corner. You know, you better watch out for that. Saying how unfit he is to tie the person's shoe, uh, which is extroverted feeling, self-deprecation. Uh, combined with uh, his introverted thinking verification. Are you really the son of God? As he's like in jail and whatnot and about to get beheaded. And of course, he's going to be beheaded because society hates him that much uh, as a result. You know, because bring me the head of John the Baptist, says this INTJ queen, uh, Herodias, because he's constantly using his TI parent and SE demon to expose her for the hoe that she is publicly. And this NTJ woman can't handle it because my reputation. So she asks for her birthday uh, present uh, from King Herod, the head of John the Baptist, etc. So yeah, um, John the Baptist is an ENTP, very pragmatic with what he did. He decided to completely opt out of society, which he did. He lived in the wilderness for a long time, became 100% self-sufficient in literally every way, shape, or form. And then he ran his movement, which was basically an insurgence. He started a, a, a belief system known as the Way, and then it was corrupted by paganism later, and it became Christianity. And in my opinion, Christianity is an abomination for what John the Baptist originally intended for it to be and ultimately what Jesus um, uh, finished it as, you know, so kind of kind of ridiculous. Um, so, no, John the Baptist is not an INFJ. Jesus is an INFJ. John the Baptist is an ENTP. And they had this pedagogue relationship. All right. So you guys just have to understand the difference here. Well, let's fast forward a little bit in history. Martin Luther, you know, uh, creating all of his uh, church theses and whatnot, very pragmatic guy, and constantly standing up for truth, had his favorite, um, 
or the most his famous quote of, you know, I can do no other, which is basically him standing in a court, a kangaroo court accusing him because he's this pariah about how he's, you know, coming against everything, et cetera, and he's wrong and they're going to convict him. And he's like, convict me all you want. So help me God, I can do no other. Get over it. I'm going to tell the truth. T.I. Parent, get over it. That was another pariah. And then going even further than that, an additional pariah was Benjamin Franklin. So many people couldn't stand Benjamin Franklin in his day. We know this by various writings and various letters and people making fun of him on a consistent basis. Uh, he had such a, he had rubbed people such the wrong way that this one guy engineered um, a situation where he just made this, um, he made this uh, person, um, gosh, what was it? Uh, he made this person leave, essentially, uh, or he, he, he literally believed, he got gullible, he believed somebody with the Zion TJ shadow and end up marooned in London away from the colonies, you know, and it just kind of really sucked for the guy. Um, but Benjamin Franklin was super pragmatic and he got really sick and tired of the British crown controlling the colonies and he wanted to change that. So during the French and Indian War, he masterminded the American Revolution. And then he created a group known as the Junto. The Junto, uh, which is a secret society that uh, Benjamin Franklin created. He created the secret society. And they started the secret society by collecting all the books and creating a library. And any member of his society could check out books because books were so rare and so important uh, in those days uh, that he could actually do that. Um, let me see your, pen your, your pencil. All right, awesome. Um, nope, close but you have too many fives there. Nope, that's not accurate. And um, uh, no, that's not, three times four is not 60. That's accurate, that's good, you got that one right. Two times eight is not 88, that's, that's really cute. Um, two times five is not 50, nope. Um, three times seven is not 27, and six times five is not 42. Um, two times six is not 48 either. Um, two times nine is not 80. Hang in there, son. You just got to keep going. Okay. All right, here you go. Awesome. All right. So, small intermission. Yeah. Uh... So anyway, um, I mean, he's nine, guys. He's nine. He's just nine. He's doing his thing. Um, so he could do it. He, he always does. My son always does. He always does. So um, anyway, when, uh, when, when considering Benjamin Franklin, he created the secret society. And then uh, during, and, and this started during the French and Indian War, and he was actually literally standing on soapboxes telling everyone literally preaching the gospel of the British suck, you know, the, the whole time. And then he's like, dang, I should probably do it. So he got really invested in media and the printing press and Benjamin Franklin became the first media mogul. And he started creating satirical propaganda and spreading it throughout the colonies basically to get people to end up being open to the idea of hating the British. And, and, he, and he was literally doing this all on his own, essentially. And then the Junto, his secret society, came up with a plan to, to create a bunch of money, basically. They got a bunch of money together. And they got with this other pragmatic ESTP fellow named Samuel Adams, and they secretly founded the Sons of Liberty. And the Sons of Liberty were behind the Boston Tea Party. 
Rumor has it they are also behind the Boston Massacre. They were, the Sons of Liberty were a terrorist organization, essentially. And, uh, and the Sons of Liberty were responsible for the shot heard around the world, known as the first gunshot at Lexington and Concord that, fire, that created the, uh, the American Revolution. And then when the war was older, over, Benjamin Franklin uh, helped author and influence the Declaration of Independence, as well as the Articles of Confederation, and uh, eventually the Constitution of the United States of America. And then when he's, and it's all culminated at that moment when he's sitting on a park bench next to a woman. Oh, Mr. Franklin, what kind of government have you given us? And he's like, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. And that was his response. So, uh... The point is, is that this is Benjamin Franklin, all from an ENTP. He became a pariah of British society, and he decided to be anti-British society, and he helped create and cultivate his own new society. So when did this happen again? Well, it happened again later in World War II, actually just before World War II. Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler, yet another ENTP. So Adolf Hitler, he created his own secret society. Again, it's funny how ENTPs do that. So what happened was, is that during World War I, uh, the Arch, uh, what started World War I, the uh, Archduke Ferdinand uh, was murdered and assassinated in France. And then Austria declared war. And then Germany joined Austria as an ally during the war. And then after that, uh, uh, Hitler uh, joined the war. He fought in the German army. And then he went all ISFJ subconscious, became a war hero, saved plenty of, uh, like, he, like he, he almost got like, the, he got the German cross a few times or at least once or something like that. I don't remember my history exactly well. But he's an extremely decorated soldier as this ENTP. And he'd often uh, sac uh, be willing to sacrifice his life for the men uh, that were next to him and the men that were underneath him in his command, always in the trenches. There was a time where he actually got shot and he was injured. He couldn't handle being in the hospital anymore. So he just said, screw it, put his boots back on and then went right back out on the battlefield to keep fighting the war, etc. And then the war was over. And then after that, the Treaty of Versailles happened. And the Treaty of Versailles ended up destroying the German people and it created the Weimar Republic. See, the Treaty of Versailles was the most unfair to the German people more than any other people. Because back then, when you win a war, you, you made the people that you beat pay for everything. It was called exacting tribute in those days. But we don't do that anymore. We actually just rebuild the country because we realize there's more money in, the, in rebuilding a country instead of exacting tribute. But in those days, the Treaty of Versailles, and you can check it out, literally exacted tribute from Germany because that was the affiliative thing to do in those days, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a very... Um, It's a very, uh, it's a very thing. So, when you when you consider, when you consider uh, what Hitler did next, it's like, okay, well, shoot, because the the Treaty of Versailles destroyed the German people, destroyed German life. You could actually go get for a nickel. You could take a nickel down to Berlin, and Berlin was literally the Las Vegas of the world in those days, and you could literally purchase a, a whore or a prostitute on the street for a nickel. It was super easy. You know, a loaf of bread in those days costs like a dime, okay? So for half the cost of a loaf of bread, you could have a woman, basically, and do anything you want to her in Berlin. There's tons of art, 
uh, sexual art everywhere. There's pederasty. It was a very nasty, nasty place. It literally uh, smelt of uh, feces, alcohol, cum. It was horrible. It was an absolute horrible place, uh, Berlin. Uh, Hitler hated it. He didn't want to deal with it anymore. So he started, uh, he started to do speaking engagements in secret in various speakeasies. And then he created his own secret society, which would eventually become the National Socialist Party. The first one he did, uh, he actually was the SA. He created the SA, which was a bunch of his war buddies from the war who were all military trained and military capable. And he kept on going around, getting on his soapbox and having all these various speaking engagements uh, throughout the land. The problem is, is that those in power at the time, the Weimar Republic, didn't like that. So they tried to crack down. They actually killed a lot of members of the Nazi party at the time and members of the SA. And it just turned into an absolute shit show. Um, and then there was a lot of voting, but they realized that they were probably going to lose. So uh, Hitler had his guys dress up as members of the opposition and they burned down their capital building known as the Reichstag and faked it and, and blamed the other guys. Just like, um, just like the Sons of Liberty dressed up as Native Americans and threw tea into the river in the Boston Tea Party. And potentially uh, the Boston Massacre was maybe also be a false flag. If you want to know what a false flag is, it's when you do something to hurt yourself and you blame it on somebody else to give yourself more power, basically. The burning of the Reichstag is what ultimately gave Hitler the ability to become the Fuhrer of Germany at this point. Uh, so... And then, uh, yeah, and then his blitzkrieg maneuver, you know, in the war, et cetera, that's very starter type oriented. And, but why, 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 did World war, why did World War II actually start? Well, it started because, and you can just, you know, look this up. Uh, at the, because of the Treaty of Versailles, there were some Germans still living in Poland. Uh, the Polish were rounding up those Germans, putting those Germans into camps. Hitler's like, no, you can't do that. That's our countrymen. And the treaty allowed them to actually live on across your borders. They're like, nope, not going to happen. So Hitler's like, no, we're not going to let you do that to our countrymen. So Hitler declared war on Poland to go rescue those Germans, basically. And that's literally how the, the war started. And then obviously everything just fell apart and blew up in his face because uh, problematic. But uh, and blew up in everyone's face for that matter because war is hell, you know. So... But again, that's an example of a pariah. That's an example of a pariah. Let's look at another pariah, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee uh, uh, and uh, his, uh, um, if you remember, uh, gosh, who is, the, who is the guy that Bruce Lee fought? Um, uh, Bruce Lee fought uh, Wong Jack. I think it's Wong Jack Man. I think it's Wong Jackman. Is it Wong Jackman? Yeah, it is. Okay. So Wong Jackman. Wong Jackman is the Shaolin master in China of Kung Fu. Um, the, supposedly the greatest martial artist on the planet. Bruce Lee claimed that he was even better than him because Bruce Lee had developed a system known as Jeet Kune Do. Okay. Jeet Kune Do is... So what Bruce Lee did is he studied every martial art on the planet, including, you know, Shaolin, Wing Chun, Kung Fu. Uh, which uh, which is what uh, Wong Jack Man knew. And he created his own system called Jeet Kune Do. And then uh, JKD he wrote a book on it called The Tao or The Way of Jeet Kune Do, etc. This is what ENTPs do. They study everything and they take all the good and dispose with the bad and create a whole new system based on top of that. That's what JKD is. It's the most advanced form of Kung Fu ever created and it continues to grow to this day because it's an awesome framework. Uh, so based... Uh, 
uh, you know, and but Bruce Lee recommend, uh, represents the pragmatic. It's a very pragmatic approach. Whereas Wong Jack Man uh, represented the affiliative, right? And they had this challenge, they had a duel, and Bruce Lee absolutely beat him, basically. And uh, Wong Jack Man ended up, you know, uh, having, he lost to Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee won, and Bruce Lee, uh, you know, was the pariah because how dare he violate the affiliative of all the martial arts and, and how arrogant is he to consider himself this person to create a whole new martial art. He's violating tradition, blah, 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 you know. Then there's this guy, C.S. Joseph, who looked at every form of psychology on this planet and then created his own new system. So now I'm talking to you guys about the Tao of the Four Sides. You see? You see? But, you know, you know Mr. C.S. Joseph, he doesn't have any credentials. You know, he, he's completely violated the affiliative. He doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, Mr. Adolf Hitler, he doesn't even know anything about politics. How, what could make him a politician? Oh, Mr. Benjamin Franklin, he just owns a newspaper. You know, he, he's, you know, it's like, come on. The affiliative, ignorant, concrete, affiliative approach, the common sense is nothing more than common ignorance, you know. And it's, it's, just, it's just complete and utter bullshit. It's complete, keep at it, son, you're doing good. So the thing is, though, is that, um, I mean, there's some areas that Jung is wrong. Like, you know, I don't agree with Jung's interpretation of the shadow completely. I, I don't do that. Um, there's some areas that Freud is correct where Jung is wrong. Um, and I just, I go through each of them and I verify it with TI Parent and I create the, uh, a more complete uh, system. My system's just better. I'm just, it just is. It's more practical. It's a lot easier. It's way more accessible. And uh, it gets it a lot done and people actually understand each other can have amazing relationships and friendships and human interactions. If you're going to be a Jungian purist, well, you're not going to get very far. If you're going to be a Freudian purist, you're not going to get very far. You know, so, yeah, even expanding the science since Jung's death, you can even look at, uh, you know, David Kiersey. Ooh, David Kiersey, woohoo. And that didn't really get anyone anywhere until Linda Behrens came along, thank God. And then it got it way far. That's fantastic, you know. So, uh, you know, let's, let's consider that. So while I have a lot of my different sources that I use as my source material, Linda Behrens, David Kiersey, Stephen Montgomery, uh, Freud, Jung, etc., uh, Moore, Gillette, uh, Hunziker, uh, Dario Nardi, uh, uh, John Beebe, I have tons of sources, uh, but not one of them is the standard. Not one of them is the gold standard. We all take, I just take pieces of what everyone knows and then TI parent verify it. And if I am able to verify it, I keep it because it would have to be true. And then I put it together. It's pretty simple. It's no different than what uh, Bruce Lee did with martial arts. It's no different, okay? So, I mean, as arrogant as it sounds, uh, I am the Bruce Lee of psychology, all right? That's just, that's just reality. I'm using the exact same approach that Bruce Lee used when he developed Jeet Kune Do, and I am developing the four sides of the mind psychology, four sides dynamics. That's, it's the same thing, okay? Now, all you NFJs out there, all you, all you NFs are like, oh, you can't do that, Mr. C.S. Joseph, you're so arrogant. And I'm like, I don't see you guys doing anything. So why don't you like create something? Why don't you actually take the time to do it? Why don't you have the self-discipline NFJs? Oh wait, you don't, you don't have the self-discipline. I don't see you contributing. 
just like I didn't see Plato contributing until Socrates decided to like, you know, be the master so that Plato could like mirror Socrates. You see what I'm saying? Like, come on, you know, so it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's really frustrating, you know, but hey, uh, you know, uh, but I guess that's what comes with being a pariah. So I'm going to tell you some personal stories about me being a, a pariah. So a pariah is basically somebody who is pragmatic such that they challenge the establishment. The establishment is the affiliative. There, that, that is the establishment. The affiliative is the establishment. I'm not interested in the affiliative. I'm not interested in participating in the affiliative. Okay? So, uh, and this is why I completely opt out of society. Socrates, he opted out of society, and it led to his death. John the Baptist opted out of society, and he, and he created his own society through the way, also known as the kingdom of God. Read Insurgents. It talks about that. Martin Luther created his own new society, Protestantism. Benjamin Franklin created his own new nation. Adolf Hitler created his own new nation and his own new society. Berlin was literally the best place on the earth you could live in the late 1930s. Look it up, okay? Bruce Lee created his own new community culture because of those who follow the Tao Jeet Kune Do. C.S. Joseph has done the same thing here with this community. I have done the same thing here. See, everyone's like, oh, Mr. C.S. Joseph, you're such this, like, really horrible cult leader. And I'm like, okay, yeah, so if the CSJ community really is actually a cult, if it really is actually a cult, then anyone can leave. Because if it's really a cult, no one can leave, right? So they can leave. Let them leave. They can leave. No one, if not, no one, no one has to be here if they don't want to be here. I'm not forcing them. I don't care. I really don't care. Guys, like, I want you to know something. Like, when I'm going on tour next year, I'm going to be living out of my car. Sure, I'd probably stay, stay at some places with people in the community and whatnot. But I'm going to be living out of my car while I'm doing it. Big whoop. I'm really independent. I can handle things completely on my own. Not only that, I'm still going to be doing my lifting regimen all the while measuring my food and living out of my car at the same time and being live right here on these live streams, exactly as you see it, etc. You see what I'm saying? Like, who cares? You know, I could have just one subscriber on this channel and I'd still do what I do. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, and living out of one's car for a while while going on tour, that really gets your expenses down, you know what I'm saying? So, like, come on. I, I, I really, I, I really don't care. And apparently, you know, I'm this, I'm this fraud who's a, who's a cult leader. If you really think I'm a fraud, why don't you read all my testimonials? There's actually a page of it, csjoseph.life forward slash testimonial or testimonials. You'll have this giant pile of testimonials thrown in your face. I say, like, okay, yeah, Mr. C.S. Joseph, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, sure, whatever. But guess what? I don't care. I don't care if you don't think I know what I'm talking about. I don't care because I realize that trying to please everybody is just going to make me unhappy. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about some examples in Chase's life about me pleasing other people and what it got me. So I'm a pastor's kid. 
my father said something very hurtful to me recently, but he clarified and said it was hard for him to admit it to it because he knew it was wrong. But uh, my father told me, because I asked him, Dad, what would it take for you to be proud of your son? I just straight up asked him this question. And he answered with the following, and he's an ENFJ, a master of the affiliative, right? And uh, he told me, he told me that, uh, um, oh, don't worry, the Enneagram is going to be integrated into everything that we're doing very soon. It's a cognitive focus detector, detection system, but uh, we have to uh, first get the proper vectors in place, kind of like turbulent and assertive. Just wait till you folks see what I'm going to do to turbulent and assertive and just wait even more what I'm going to do to the Enneagram. It's coming and it's going to be amazing. So, so my ENFJ father, he told me, here's what it's going to take for me to be proud of my son. Quote, when I observe my son doing what I think is right. That's what he told me. I started asking myself, I was like, okay, well, wait a minute. What if what you think is right isn't actually right because the affiliative is subjective? What if your thinking is incorrect? And then you're still going to judge me that way? Really? You see? So this is some of the problems that I've had throughout my life. My dad, he's a pastor. You know, I'm a pastor's kid. My, my father, my family really follow this mainstream Christian narrative, mainstream Protestant uh, narrative no sex before marriage, etc. The virgin birth is a thing, you know, and it's, it's, it's just interesting. And growing up in that environment, I couldn't ever actually be who I was. I couldn't actually be anything who I was because my actual belief system, while I do maintain that Jesus Christ is the son of God and his uh, blood is necessary for the remission of sins and his death, burial, and resurrection actually happened and we were created by, uh, you know, intelligence design, etc., and not macroevolution, I also largely reject a ton of things about the Bible. Like, I maintain that the virgin birth is absolutely false. I think it's ridiculous and it's false and it's a biblical interpolation. And I think it's just a bullshit situation that was created by the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church, aka Christianity, is literally just a melding of paganism and the way as created by John the Baptist. And in order to marry paganism, uh, the idea of a virgin birth is actually a pagan belief long before it was ever a Christian belief. And in order to marry the two uh, pantheons basically together to be able to convert the rest of all the pagan nations, especially the Greeks, they sought out to actually do this. And this is known as biblical interpolation. This is why I reject the virgin birth. I literally believe it's bullshit. But I also don't think it takes away from Jesus Christ either. So who cares? And most people are like, no, but, but the prophet Isaiah says that Jesus is to be born of a virgin. No, the original translation says born of a young woman, not born of a virgin. You might want to verify that. Oh, wait a minute. Are you one of those affiliative people? Are you maybe an FJ who goes out of your way to adopt all of the traditions and social ways of doing things without verifying first? Oh, maybe that's why I'm a pariah, because of your ignorance. Oh my gosh, I can't stand that. It's so annoying. So annoying. These FJs, it's ridiculous. My son's looking at me like, hey, dad, you having a conniption fit there? I mean, are you good, dad? Are you good? I'm good, son. It's all good. I'm good. Sometimes I just get a little carried away when I'm on camera. 
Oh, yeah, I get mad easy, but then I'm happy really easy. It's part of having that five trickster. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Christmas not being Jesus' birthday. That, that That's a whole other thing. But here's the other two parts. Here's the other two parts of my belief system. I I am a Taoist. I maintain uh, the Tao, especially Bruce Lee's interpretation of Taoism, the Tao Ji Kundo. I've read the Tao Te Ching. It's amazing. Uh, and I think uh, the Tao Taoism explains the metaphysics of reality, whereas the way, according to John the Baptist, etc., and ultimately Jesus uh, uh, explains, you know, reality and logos far better. So we get the metaphysical and the physical brought together. And then beyond that, my, my third belief system is Kellism, which comes from Altered Carbon, the teachings of Kel Chris Falconer, Nadia Makita, who, guess what, is also a pariah, who, guess what, is also an ENTP, right? And uh, based on that, um, and largely rejected by society because of who she is, and, uh, you know, and she teaches against how a uh, man uh, should always be mortal because she created technology that gave immortality via technology to everyone. She's an anti-transhumanist. As a result, I'm not interested in um, uh, singularity. I'm not interested in uh, immortality via technology. I know. I think death is a gift. And I think death is absolutely necessary to the human experience, at least until we're able to shed our human, human condition. But until then, we have to learn how to take care of each other and love our neighbors ourselves and also, uh, you know, uh, follow the greatest commandments, uh, take care of the earth. We have a lot of responsibilities to do as a people. But the reality of the situation is, is that oftentimes people are far too ignorant. And that's literally what creates pariahs. People's ignorance creates pariahs. That's why Socrates is a pariah. John the Baptist is a pariah. Martin Luther is a pariah. Benjamin Franklin is a pariah. Adolf Hitler is a pariah. Bruce Lee, a pariah. David Goggins, a pariah. C.S. Joseph, a pariah. But let's get back to C.S. Joseph's story here. You know, so uh, I got married when I was eight, 18, 19, 19 years old. I got married when I was 19 years old to an ESFP. And, uh, you know, yeah, we, we were having premarital sex and whatnot. And my parents found out about it. And I was basically heavily pressured by my super Christian ISFJ mother who adopted Christian norms and Christian traditions without verifying any of her beliefs because ma te trickster and ma te trickster means I'm going to just believe anything instead of verifying it. So I'm going to adopt all these social norms, these Christian social norms and all these Christian traditions. And I'm going to force everybody around me to live them even though I never verified whether or not they're true to begin with, which is like super common amongst FJs for some reason. It's one of my biggest problems with FJs. FJs always do that without verifying. And I'm just like, wow, really guys? Come on. But that's what happened to me. And as a result, I was fed this huge Christian narrative of how to be and how to live my life. And I was forced to be this affiliative person against my will, even though my parents often uh um um you know it's 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 often pretty bad so i get married to this esfp and then you know we're literally saying our our we said our vows two hours later she comes up to me and says sex is not an important part of our marriage we won't be having it and then she cancels the uh the the honeymoon 
never uh, never did that. Uh, so so based on that, um, it's uh, it's pretty lame. It's completely it's completely ridiculous. And uh, in that moment, you know, and then and then and then I was guilted into staying into the relationship. I was guilted into going to um, uh, counseling. I was guilted into so many different things for like 11 years. And it wasn't until I actually stopped going to church with my family, even though I was married to this woman, basically. It wasn't until I stopped going to church entirely that all of a sudden my TI parent was finally free of my conditioning and I started thinking for myself. Fast forward to Las Vegas. So uh, I was homeless for a bit. Did a lot of things while I was homeless. And when I was homeless, uh, I, uh, I, I worked for a guy, kind of pretended to be him in the workplace because he asked me to, it was cool. Um, I did social engineering, uh, worked at a hospital to test, to do penetration testing and to test whether or not security firms uh, are good enough uh, for you know main, main keeping their contract or whatever. So I'd have to take patient health information and simulate like a theft of patient health in, uh, information and then and whatnot. I did that for a while, but eventually I was able to earn enough money while I was homeless and we ended up like living in a garage at the time. And my son who's in this room was born into homelessness when that happened and he lived in the garage with us at this point. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a big issue. Um, so based on that, um, no, look guys, premarital sex is not a sin. Like, okay. Like there is sexual sin, but premarital sex is not a sin. The, uh, sexual immorality also known as porneia. The definition of porneia does not actually include fornication. Unlike what a lot of people actually believe it doesn't. It's don't have sex while while, mens while, having, while menstruating. Don't have sex with children. Like pederasty is a problem. Don't have ritual prostitution. Regular prostitution is okay, but not ritual prostitution under pornea. And uh, don't have sex with another man's wife. Those are the four things that equal pornea. It does not include fornication. Look up the original translations. It's not that hard. And I don't understand why, you know, even John MacArthur, who constantly is this big time biblical scholar. He's like constantly trying to remind everyone, hey, by the way, this catch all pornea sexual immorality phrase is like literally a big deal. It's like, it's like, it's too reaching. No, it, and, and, if it, and if it really does include the word fornication, then the Bible is contradicting itself and therefore cannot be the infallible holy word of God. Hmm, preach it, preach it. So, um, okay. How many are two eights? Mm -hmm. how, how is two times eight 88? I mean, I mean, I, I understand the logic there, but you know, how is three fours 66? Here, don't, don't get on camera, kiddo. How is three fours 66? How is four times four 88? Then you got some big numbers, 92? No. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Um, all right, hold on. That's correct though. You did, you did get that one right. Um, nope. Nope. Um, nope. Um, that's good. You got that one right. Um, nope, not that one. 
Almost on that one. Nope. Uh, yep, that's right. You got that one right. Good. Uh, good. Very good. Uh, good. Good. And you had that one right before. Why is it wrong now? I don't know. I, yeah, 2 times 6 is not 88. I think you just like writing 88 on everything. Um, but, son, you got a lot of these right after you fixed them. So good job. Um, so here you go. You only have a couple left. Good job. Awesome. So uh, based on that, like, you got to understand, like, you know, if you guys really want to know, like, the true rules of sexuality, it's Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, and it goes like this. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, which means you can have sexual relationships with people as long as you're not breaking those four things that are actually part of porneia, but also at the same time, like, uh, as long as you don't agree to exclusivity, ain't no sin. Ain't no sin. As long as you don't agree to exclusivity, ain't no sin. And you know what's really funny? Matthew chapter 5, verse 31 through 36, it's Jesus bagging on vows. So even Jesus thinks marriage vows is dumb because you shouldn't swear. And guess what? Marriage vows is a form of swearing, folks. So Jesus is against marriage vows and then is telling people, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Hmm, hmm. Maybe we should like think about that. But no, no, we're going to be FJs and both my parents are FJs. And as FJs, we're just going to adopt what everyone else tells us because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It's the right thing, the good thing to literally adopt other people's traditions and belief systems without verifying. Oh my goodness. Really? So it's really frustrating. I'm so tired of affiliated people going with group think. Why do you guys go to the group think? Because when you do that and you're not verifying these things, you create pariahs. You create them. You want to know where World War II came from? You, it's because of a pariah you affiliated people made. You created that. You created the American Revolution to the British people. Tell that to the Brits. Y'all are so affiliated up there. You created the revolution. That's what you get. You know? That's what you get. Or the affiliative Greeks with their approach to discourse. They created Socrates. Okay? The, uh, um, the, the, the synagogue of Satan, uh, you know, also known as the uh, Sanhedrin, uh, created a horrible society under Jewish rule that created John the Baptist. What do you expect? What do you expect? Okay? So, um, I, I mean, Tanya, I'm surprised you're even wearing shorts. Uh, so, the point is, is that, like, like it's not even, it's not, it's not even a thing. So, anyway, back to my family. So, this is, this is the, the situation I grew up in. This is, like, the church culture that I had to deal with constantly. And I, I became an arms dealer after, you know, during homeless, I was building uh, absolute minimum legal length uh, bullpup shotguns, 12 gauge uh, shells. They're amazing weapons. Uh, you can actually look at them at kushnapup.com, K-U-S-H-N-A-P-U-P.com. Although I think he's taken it down recently, but just go to Google, look up Kushnapup, go to images, and those are the firearms I built. And I literally made them inside of a, uh, a mini storage unit on an island in the San Juans in Washington State, right? Then I'd take those to the Washington Arms Collectors, fill up two tables full of weapons, 
And before the first three hours of the show were done, I had sold every gun off of my, uh, off of my uh, tables. Cost me $900 each to make, and I sold them for like two grand a pop. It's fantastic. And you know, Sandy Hook happened too, and we just completely curled out our entire inventory. Never made so much money. Uh, most money I ever made in a weekend. It was insanity. Sold so much. So based on that, uh, we had uh, we had a serious uh, a serious issue. You know, I, you know, as a result of that, I I I started I started building guns in that area, but. Uh, and then while it happened, you know, I went to the SHOT Show. First time, I mean, hey, if you're an arms dealer, an arms manufacturer, you should like, you know, do a SHOT Show. And, uh, and it's funny too, because like, I, I, I've been doing arms deals since I was like 18. Like you ever watch that Lord of War film? And it's like, you know, selling a gun is a lot like, for the first time, it's a lot like having sex for the first time, you know? And <laughs> I remember my first gun deal, it was in a Walmart parking lot and I bought an AK-47 out of some guy's trunk. It was, it was great. It was an old Egyptian Mahdi model, beautiful weapon, absolutely beautiful weapon. And uh, I actually melted the barrel on that thing. That was pretty insane. So yeah, not exactly uh, the best thing. So yeah, uh, but after that, um, I had a lot of other gun deals and whatnot. And um, so uh, one time I showed up in a Fry's Electronics parking lot in Bellevue, Washington, uh, trunk completely full of weapons or whatever. And, uh, and then I just sold, uh, bought and sold a whole bunch of guns from these random Bulgarians and these black Pontiac Escalade SUVs. It was, it was kind of cliche. I was like, hmm, wait a minute. Uh, that's why I, I got my own AR-15 out of that deal. I was so happy to get an AR-15 finally. I got out of that deal. I basically sold everything I had and I walked away with a new shotgun and uh, an AR-15, as well as some other things, etc. How old was I when I was doing that? Gosh, I was 26. I was 26 when I'm doing that. I was 26. So, um, so yeah. Uh, so my my arms career was pretty cool, and we had a lot of fun. But eventually, we ended up. Uh, my business partners and I, we ended up in the shot show, and I was at the shot show. And the shot show was great. Now. Obviously, during this entire time since I was 19 till, you know, and then I was 26, basically. So seven year marriage at this point, and it was absolutely going down the train and it was horrible and I was miserable. And like I could count the amount of times that we had intimacy on my hands and my toes. It was horrible during the seven years, etc. And uh, so my cousins, who are my business partners, kind of got to thinking, they're like, OK, hey, we need to take Chase. Uh, you know, somewhere. So they took me uh, and tricked me into going to this strip club. And I went to this strip club and, you know, this, you know, this Christian kid, 26 year old Christian kid who's like sexually deprived uh, for uh, many, many years and whatnot going into the strip club. You can all imagine like how much that, uh, that sucked. Um, so I went into this strip club and like every single girl there, it wasn't there. It was it was uh, there was not very many men there at all. It was just basically us. And there was like forty girls, and they like they all came up to me simultaneously. It was it was crazy. All that female attention, trying to get me to touch them and do all those things, and it's just like oh my gosh, my SI fear is like literally melting. You know, it was horrible, and uh, and I, it, it was it was a really bad situation for me. But I. I held my self-discipline pretty well, and I, I, uh, I turned, I turned away all of them. I literally turned away every single one of them in the strip club. So when I, uh, 
But then after a while, you know, my cousins, they got their girls, they're hanging out and having fun in the strip club and it was good times or whatever. And then I, uh, and then this NTJ woman came up to me and she started mocking me and making fun of me with her SFP subconscious, which was hilarious. And I finally caved and, you know, had a, had a lap dance as a result. And the second my fingers touched her chest, oh man, uh, I had an epiphany and I'm like, wow, I, I am not living life. This is horrible. This is everything. I'm not doing this anymore. So I had that epiphany and that's where I tell people, yeah, I walked in the building a boy, but I walked out a man because I had that epiphany because I was like, no more, never again. So I realized that there's no way that this could be true and that there's no way that this Christian narrative even could be true. Like no premarital sex, no extramarital sex, no all this blah, blah, blah. There's no way it could be true because how is it a creator could be so loving and then expect everyone to live in such misery? That just doesn't make sense. So that means either the text is wrong or it's being misinterpreted or misunderstood or mistranslated or the people are just being blind leading the blind and it's just an absolute bullshit affiliative system, right? So based on that, I go even further from that. And, I, and I, I left and I went home and I went to my wife and I told her to her face that I went to this strip club and I told her that I had a lot of fun and I enjoyed it. And I then gave her an ultimatum. And I told her, you can, uh, you can divorce my ass right now or you can agree to see other people. Okay, that's literally, that's literally what I told her. You can, you, can, you can divorce me right now or you can agree to see other people. She got so mad. She like, I've never seen her so angry in my life. She got so pissed. And uh, a couple of days later, you know, and this is like, this is, this is after Martin Luther King um, uh, weekend because that's when the SHOT Show was uh, back in, gosh, 2013, 2014, et cetera, way back in there. And, uh, and she came back to me uh, just a little bit before my birthday and she's like, okay, you know what? I thought about it. I realized that you're not getting anything out of this marriage. Um, I mean, what, what do, what do men do get out of marriage anyway? But, uh, you're not getting much out of this marriage. So I've decided to allow you to uh, see other people. She just said, promise me that you will never abandon me or the children. And I promised her I wouldn't. And to this day, I have not, I have not. Proof of that is right here. My son is here and I'm helping him do his math homework. Uh, but the point is, is that I was like, no, not doing that anymore. And uh, and then my birthday was literally around the corner. It's just a couple of weeks later. And on my birthday, I was screwing an INTJ woman and it was fantastic. It was great. Her name was Jordan. Uh, pretty awesome. And, uh, and at the same time, my INFJ mentor at, in those days was teaching me about... Uh, verifying biblical principles. He taught me about biblical interpolation. He taught me about, you know, all these BS conspiracies within the Catholic Church and then how people have been using it to destroy people's lives in a bid to reduce the population, about how monogamy is a construct of the Catholic Church who was controlled by the Malthusians and these Malthusians want to reduce the population, etc. And it, it was some crazy teaching. It was some really interesting teaching. And I, I didn't really necessarily buy it right off the bat either. But he had questioned my beliefs to a point where I could no longer verify my own beliefs. And I literally had my entire belief system and identity completely stripped from me at this point. I had literally nothing. He had T.I. childed me to like literal oblivion. Absolute oblivion. So... Uh, it's it's not it's not it's not exactly ideal, 
you know, so, so based on that, like, it's not, it's horrible. So, um, so with that being said, like, you have to kind of, you know, move forward. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I know K-Dog, but that's like literally what happened. Um, so, uh, after that, um, you know, uh, my family got wind of this because I was basically a practicing polyamorous at this point because, uh, you know, my wife at the time was allowing me to see other people. And I went from an INTJ to an INFJ to, and so on and so forth, uh, et cetera. Well, my family found out about it. And when that happened, my mother kicked me out of the family. She kicked me out of the church. She destroyed my reputation within the church, within the community, everything. I became the pariah. I became the pariah because I was free thinking, because I was verifying their beliefs, because I was challenging their establishment, right? And, you know, in order for me to be happy, I had to risk being absolutely, completely, and utterly alone. It's pretty sad. It's really, really sad. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, so, so with that being said, like, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it, it's kind of an issue, you know, thereof, like, it's, um, it's a problem. All right, so I, I'm getting criticized by people, you know, talking about these sorts of things, you know, in front of uh, my children and whatnot. The thing is, is that in my family, I'm not going to do that thing, that affiliative thing that my parents did and keep me in the dark about things. What I am going to do is I'm going to, oh, you got that one right. Good job, son. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm just going to be real. I mean, my son, he's going to be a man one day. He's going to be an adult one day. His name means strength and honor. He has the strength to handle it. He told me that he's going to be a man one day, right? Right, son? Yeah. You're going to be a man one day, and you're going to learn, and you're going to be responsible. The thing is, is that there's so many of you affiliative people out there who are, like, holding me to this bullshit social standard, which is just leaving your children to be in the dark. Because here's the problem. Here's the problem, folks. If you don't tell your children the truth, you're just going to cause them to be entitled. It's not my fault the mature masculine is not within this society anymore such that your children are being enabled by their mothers because their mothers are not willing to criticize them so much or their mothers aren't as aware of their strengths and weaknesses just like their fathers are. So you can't have that point of view. So stop judging me for how I choose to parent my children. Damn it. It's offensive. I don't tell you how to parent your children. I give you recommendations, but I don't force you to do that, okay? I'm not doing that to anybody. I'm gonna raise my children the way I will do so. Damn it, you can't stop me, and it's going to happen. I love my children, and this is how I love them. My children will be strong. My children will be a lot further along than yours. That's for damn sure. So get over yourselves, okay? It's none of your business. All right? Oh, yeah, well, Chase, this is not appropriate for you to talk about in front of your children. Sure it is. Do you know why it's appropriate? Because I don't want my son to make the same mistakes I did. I even told him last night. I say, oh, do you remember last night what I told you? Did I told you about how bad of a kid I was? 
I told you how selfish I was, how entitled I was, how depraved I was, and how I was not a good kid for grandpa. And grandpa had to really, really try very hard to get me to stop being so lazy. Yeah. And the reason why we had this discussion is because my son right now, he's been doing his math homework like crazy. And his sister, she gets all of her work done and she gets to watch TV and he gets to be stuck in the office with his daddy working on his math homework. And he's been having to do this for days. And he is really, really having a hard time with it. He's really having a hard time with it. But I told him, hey son, I had to do the same thing, okay? And he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. I need to do it. I'm like, besides, you're in third grade, you know? Your sister, she's in first grade. The work is harder. The work is more. It's always going to be harder. And you're becoming a man. You have to perform. So I explained these things to him. And he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, I'm going I'm to do my work. And he did. And he has done so much work in, in the last couple of days. He has improved so well in the last couple of days. Because when I, when I first got his math homework, I mean, it was, it was completely wrong. Now he could do it by himself. And he's doing amazing. He's absolutely doing amazing. My son knows how to do multiplication now. He, he, he did not know how to do multiplication when he first got here. He knows how to do multiplication right now. You see what I'm saying? Like, this is how it is. And I'm not just giving him the answers. I'm like, okay, no, that's wrong. Fix it. No, that's wrong. Fix it. No, that's wrong. Fix it. Okay? You know? And I am proud of my son. I am very proud of him. And that's why I named him Strength and Honor. That's what his name means, okay? I, I love him dearly, and he is going to be an amazing person, and the day will come where he'll be on here doing videos in this community one day. He will, but not yet. Okay, so we're gonna need you to fix that one. Gonna need you to fix that one. Um, you, I don't know why, hold on, hold on. Stay out of the camera view. I don't know why you, you subtracted one from that one, but okay. Okay, you got that one right, good. Um, that one's right. No, that's um, two nines is not 90, son. Um, and then, uh, yes, you got that one right, good job, great job. Uh, nope, gotta do that one again. Um, did you look for freebies, just in case? No. no, you didn't look for freebies? No. We learned the concept of freebies. For example, uh, 8 times 3 is the same as uh, 3 times 8. You know, that's, 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 that's freebies. You know? so, so we learned that uh, the teacher's not always keeping track of that. You know? So that's, you get some freebies. <laughs> so, <laughs> you like your freebies? <laughs> I'm going to look for freebies. Okay, you're going to look for freebies. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's his name. His name. It's it's uh, Japanese for Isao. Isao. Um, so anyway, uh, so um, now it's not about effort over ability. Although effort is very overemphasized with movement types. So that's a fair that's a fair statement that you made. So thank you for bringing that up. But no, that's not the that's not the reason why I'm going that direction. No. Uh, the, the answer, the answer to that is because like even an outcome type can overemphasize ability over effort. Right. Um, and for me, my, my son has far more talent than I do because he's an expert in sensor. Whereas, you know, me, I was all, I was super lazy as this lazy SI user, constantly wearing masks, lying, cutting corners with my INTJ shadow because the INTJ type is the type that cuts corners the most. 
And it's it's just it's it's just this thing. And it's not to say that INJs don't do it, like INFJs don't do it, because they do. They cut social corners, whereas uh, INTJs cut system corners, et cetera, to get what they want. So it's like no different. But at the same time, like he's got that expert sensing uh, performance capability that I lack entirely, and I didn't have that as a child. You know what I'm saying? So going beyond that, though, like it's uh, it's it's um, it's important. It's it's really really important when you consider these things. But anyway, I I became the pride of my family. My family basically noticed I was practicing, you know, polyamory, and they got rid of me. They got rid of me, and. Ever since then, I because I didn't follow their church, because I didn't follow their system, I've been the black sheep of my family entirely to the point where because people saw me practicing polyamory, they saw me as this person who um, they, they, they saw me as this person who was abandoning his children or not taking care of my children or not caring anymore. I remember my aunt and uncle accusing me of that and my and my uncle begging me to stay with my children and whatnot. And I'm like... I was. What are, you, what are you talking about? Why are you assuming that I'm not? Like, why are you guys so stuck in your nuclear family ways? The nuclear family is a is a new construct. It's a new social construct. It's not a traditional one. Like, what are you doing this? You know, like, come on. Yeah, truth over popularity. That's that's just how it is. And to this day, I mean, my my mother explained it as in trying to tell me, oh, you're just autistic, Chase. I'm like, okay. Really? You know, my mother did that to me. Wow. And she convinced my father that he was autistic for some reason. Because that was her only way her TE trickster could categorize people in order to figure out why they weren't like her. You know? And it's just it's just it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, so look at four fours. Go get your thing and write out four fours for me. Okay? You gotta do the work, okay? You know, it's super important. And, you know, I just, I hate being a pariah, honestly. But, the, huh? Yeah, it's not 40, son. If it was four times 10, it would be 40. But it's not 40. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, like, so I became this pariah. And, I, and regardless of anything I've done, I've always been a pariah in the eyes of my family and the people back home. No matter what I do, it doesn't matter. I've always just been this pariah, you know? So, because here's the thing though, like I did the right thing. I did the right thing with my first marriage. I did it. I was, I was devoted. I was committed. I put in a lot of relationship um, uh, investment. I protected her. I, I went out of my way to support her uh, in every way possible. And I got nothing for it. I literally got nothing for it. It's wrong. I literally got nothing for it. So being affiliative for me, for an, e, for an NTP, being affiliative for an NTP doesn't actually help the NTP. It doesn't. The NTP has to be willing to challenge society. The NTP has to be willing to be like Socrates, John the Baptist, Martin Luther, Benjamin Franklin, Adolf Hitler, Bruce Lee, David Goggins, C.S. Joseph. You have to really, uh, Elon Musk, that's a good one. He just tweeted about, you know, how he thinks that uh, the COVID-19 tests are bullshit. Says this doesn't, I've tested it like four times today and some of them are positive, some are negative. What's going on here, right? He literally tweeted that. That's made him a pariah in the eyes of the mainstream media, the eyes of the affiliative. You see what I'm saying? 
But now we're okay with Facebook and Twitter just taking away people's voices, taking away the pariahs' voices. Well, guess what, folks? The time is coming, and it's already here, where people have taken the work that I've put here with four size dynamics here on YouTube, taken it exactly on YouTube, and created technologies where they're looking at your social media messages and everyone's social media messages, everything on Twitter, for example, and psychoanalyzing everybody in real time and knowing what that is. Not only that, I'm working on an algorithm that can predict the, um, uh, predict the, psycho the psychology of a child, even potentially before they are born. What, guess what's going to happen? Mental eugenics. So the, the types that are most likely to become priors will be disappeared. And then when that happens, nothing will happen. Think about it. The book 1984, George Orwell, literally having thought police. Having thought police is an ENTP's nightmare because there's no one more free-thinking than an NTP type. No one more free-thinking. And just them free-thinking, TI parent, automatically makes them unfit to live. Wow. Folks, this is our future. This is our future. Being a pariah ultimately leads to their death. Ultimately. Ultimately leads to their death. That's okay. I've already come to the terms with my own death because I absolutely do maintain that I will die at the hands of another human being. I absolutely maintain that will happen. I've had people make some attempts in the past. Um, but uh, you know what? I'm going to do my duty. It's no different than Tony Stark, right? Snapped his fingers with the, uh, the Infinity Stones and he lost his life. Saved all of reality, but he lost his life doing it. You know, John the Baptist, he lost his life because he criticized an uh, insecure INTJ woman who had authority. She killed him for it. Had him, she, she murdered him, had, chopped his head off. And uh, wow, that's uh, pretty bad, you know? So, I mean, just me, because I refuse to live in this society. I refuse to live in this world system. I refuse to opt in. Don't you feel like, you know, when you go into the voters booth in the United States of America and you vote, and don't you feel like you're just giving consent to this controlled opposition system? See, I don't feel good about that. I don't feel good about the society, so I'm opting out of this society. And I'm gonna live my life the way I think it should be lived, okay? Because you know, what's interesting about my FI trickster, while I am amoral, while I am amoral with my FI trickster, you know, uh, being amoral with my uh, FI trickster, I actually, what's funny about trickster functions is that there's no one more moral than an FI trickster. There's no one more intelligent than a, or more correct than a TI trickster once they reach mastery. So I've realized that I actually can develop my own principles over time. There's just might, might be one every couple of years, but once I have them, I have them and I stick to them indefinitely. It's part of having conviction. And that's what all these ENTPs have had, these ENTPs that I'm mentioning because of their convictions. So I'm going to read you something right now. Uh, let me, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see if I can get it. Um, let me see. Uh, um, 
There we go. I'm going to read you something very important. This is the... Uh, um, this is the anthem of the pariah, right here. This is uh, this is your own um, pariah. This is a poem by uh, Charles Bukowski. Quote: If you're going to try, go all the way. Otherwise, don't even start. If you're going to try, go all the way. This could mean losing girlfriends, wives, relatives, jobs and maybe even your mind. It could mean not eating for three or four days. It could mean freezing on a park bench. It could mean jail. It could mean derision, mockery, isolation. Think about it. If I'm the Bruce Lee of psychology, did you know Logan Paul's an ENTP? Did you know that Logan Paul is considered a, prior, uh, a pariah? Have you guys ever thought of that? He's pretty pragmatic, right? I have been derided by the MBTI community more than any other person. I have been mocked. I've been isolated more. Uh, Megan Lovato made sure I got kicked out of the main uh, MBTI uh, Facebook group, for example. This happens to me all the time. You know, I did freeze on a park bench. Been there, been homeless. I have gone hungry and not eaten for three or four days. I have lost girlfriends and wives. I just cut out a relative from my life last night. Actually, they cut me out. I didn't cut them out. I've lost jobs over being so pragmatic. Everything that Charles Bukowski is saying here is happening to me as the pariah. If you're going to try, go all the way. Otherwise, don't even start. If you're going to try, go all the way. This could mean losing girlfriends, wives, relatives, jobs, and maybe even your mind. It could mean not eating for three or four days. It could mean freezing on a park bench. It could mean jail. It could mean derision, mockery, isolation. Isolation is the gift. All the others are a test of your endurance, of how much you really want to do it. And you'll do it despite rejection and the worst odds. And it'll be better than anything you can imagine. If you're going to try, go all the way. There is no other feeling like that. You will be alone with the gods and the nights will flame with fire. Do it, do it, do it all the way. You will ride life straight to perfect laughter. It's the only good fight there actually is. So if you're an ENTP and you're watching this, don't be afraid to be a pariah. Don't be afraid to use your SE demon to push the big red button and burn your life to the ground because no one, no one is going to accept you at the end of the day. No one, because everything you do will ultimately, everyone will abandon you eventually. And you have to be okay with it. You have to be aware that you will be aligned. You came into this world alone and you will leave this world alone. And you have to accept that and just live your life the way you must for the sake of freedom, for the sake of a better future. Because like I said in my Facebook post, the problem is, is that society won't give you the freedom to live your life the way you should or the way you need to, the way that you need to be happy. What about society, you know, being the pursuit of happiness? 
You know, Benjamin Franklin had that added to the Declaration of Independence, the pursuit of happiness, freedom to pursue happiness, the ENTP way, which means in order to be the absolute good, one must be willing to go rogue and be the pariah, not just for their sake, but the sake of everyone's freedom and future and their own. You want to have freedom, you want to bring freedom to other people, you NTPs, you need to be okay with being the pariah. You need to be okay with doing the most socially unacceptable things, things that will give you nothing but rejection and take on rejection and make it a part of you, tattoo it to your ass because ultimately everyone will reject you. They always do. They've always done it to me because I wasn't like them enough. You know, the ENTP, the most original of the types. The most unlike anybody else. Interesting. Logan Paul is not an ENTJ. No, he's not an ENTJ. He doesn't talk about his accomplishments. Jake Paul is. Jake Paul is the ENTJ. Pay attention. So understand this, folks. You have to understand that, you know, if you're an ENTP... You won't be happy unless you're willing to be the pariah. That's just the reality. You won't be happy unless you're willing. If you're going to try, go all the way. Otherwise, don't even start. Have a good night, folks. Thanks for watching. You're done?